Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You are about to hear the most interesting, informative, thought-provoking, opinion-leading, and funny show in America, on air and on the World Wide Web. This is The Rob Carson Show. It is The Rob Carson Show. It is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. A lot of people are off. The Iowa caucuses are happening. I don't like to say the Hawkeye caucus. I hate that. Hey, that stuff, you know. Anyway, that's happening, and uh, we'll see what happens tonight. But, uh, you know, it's 17 below zero in Iowa. Where I am this morning, it was uh, six below when I woke up. Usually drops a couple degrees. So a uh, good share of the uh, the United States, I believe 71% of America. <laughs> It's freezing this morning, and I think it's a, a giant middle finger, by God, to the climate alarmists who say that uh, they have the control over the weather. This is new from Jim Gossett, featuring none other than John Kerry, our climate czar. I'm John Kerry, and I now am quitting. He's leaving his climate czar post. I'm stepping down as Biden's climate czar. What did he do? For years of been shaming while flying in a private jet anyone who drives gas powered cars yeah we're gonna keep driving them because nobody wants to drive an ev it's kind of hard to mention global warming <laughs> when it's record cold from maine to mexico can't claim polar ice caps are not forming So it's well past time for me to go. Oh, Take God. it away, Al Gore. Oh, here we go. We can't hide <laughs> our climate lies. <laughs> My alibis are a thin disguise. I think folks now have realized. Ain't no Nothing for our country. John Kerry can't hide his climate lies. There you go. So John Kerry is going to step down as Joe Biden's climate envoy uh, sometime this spring. He was appointed the climate czar in November of 2020. And all he's done really is fly around the world in a private jet and tell us that we should live with less. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what the elites do. Uh, by the way, he, uh, he uh, will not identify any senior staff he works for or has working for him on the, ta- on the taxpayer dime. So uh, there's that as well. Oh, and then I'll mention this. You know my, uh, my stance on EVs. I think EVs are fine as commuter cars and golf carts. That's just the way it is always going to be. Your EV right now where I live, absolutely freaking worthless. All right? Just worth in, in six below weather, unless you got it inside, warmed up, and you're driving across town to go to another warm garage, you're going to get no, uh, no performance out of that battery. Uh, that's why you put your batteries in the freezer or the refrigerator, because the cool slows down the chemical reaction in the battery. 
That's that's why. Yeah, and that's why they used to have the diehard battery. Like when I was a little boy, had a diehard battery. Used to park a car on a frozen lake, and then they'd start the car with the battery. Starts a car when most batteries won't. You know, that's what it's all about. And by the way, e, uh, Hertz Rent a Car is going to sell twenty thousand of its EVs. You know why? Nobody wants to rent the damn things because they can't rely on them. No, they can't. So they're going to sell 20,000 EVs, a third of its electric fleet, reinvest in gas cars. Because you know the amazing thing that happens with weather like this? You just go out and start your gas car, and, and there you go. doesn't affect the range or anything. You get essentially the same miles per gallon, the whole deal. Although I will tell you something kind of interesting, I've got this uh, this uh, Jeep or this uh, Jeep. Oh, dear God, I called Buck a Jeep. What an insult! Uh, my Bronco, and I've never had a car with so uh, so much fancy schmancy stuff on it. And normally I keep the uh, tire pressure at thirty five or so. And when it's really hot out, it goes to thirty six uh, psi in the tires, I should say. And in this weather. It goes down to, I've had it as low as 31 or 30, and my tire pressure sensors go off. So if you've ever imagined that cold weather causes your tires to uh, to lose air pressure, uh, you're right, because the air shrinks when it gets colder. So uh, anyway, I thought that was kind of interesting. I've never had a car with all these uh, these all thing, these thingamabobs on them. You know, it's kind of cool to see that the theories that I've always uh, wondered about are absolutely true when it gets this cold. But, uh, oh, oh, and you can buy these. You can buy these Teslas and stuff pretty cheap. At Hertz, you can get a, uh, you can get a Tesla for like $18,000. Yeah, some of those used Teslas, they're listed on the uh, Hertz car sales website. They range with mileage from 10000 to 100000 Some 2021 Model 3s priced at around twenty grand, but on Wednesday, prices as low as 17700 were spotted. And, and, you know, if you live in a warmer climate, they're a good commuter car, but they will never be pickups, and they'll never be ships, and they'll never be tanks. And you know my, you know how I feel about that. Yeah. So uh, I do want to mention this, Frank Luntz. I, I did a video on Instagram this weekend. I'm going to post a little bit more stuff on Instagram for you. Um, and uh, and Frank Luntz is a is a pollster. He leans uh, decidedly left. He used to be, you know, kind of I guess middle, but he's a, he's an anti-Trumper, and he uh, he said, essentially, that he has surrendered to the fact that Donald Trump is going to be the candidate. I want you to listen to him, and then I want you to realize uh, th- this is what the elites don't understand about Trump supporters. Um, Trump supporters have waited three years for this nonsense. They know that the FBI, the DOJ, the DHS was involved in the 2020 election. All right. They covered up Hunter Biden's laptop. They claimed that Donald Trump colluded with Russia years ago. Uh, they, they're going after Donald Trump with uh, four political indictments, uh, all coming out of Washington, D.C. We're learning more and more about this stuff. And, and Trump voters are very aware of that. And they've had their eyes on the prize for three years. And during those three years, they have suffered indignities by being told they're wrong, by told, being told their beliefs are disinformation and misinformation. And all of the things that they knew were right, that I've been saying were right, have been proven right. And the government calling all of the things that you believe disinformation and misinformation, they were wrong. Okay? That's why. That is why. I want you to listen to Frank Luntz. If you had to bet $150,000 on who's going to win in November, who would you bet on? He's, uh, he's asking, if you had 150 k to, to uh, bet on the election, who would you bet on? I never dreamed that I would say this, but I would bet on Trump. 
Never believe, but he believes it'd be Trump. Why? Never. I thought it was done. I thought it was over. He thought it was over. Why? You don't come back from an impeachment. You don't. Okay. Come back from an impeachment. The American people know, and it has been proven, that both of those impeachments were political. They were political hit jobs. They were fake. The first one was a phone call that they parlayed into an impeachment to cover up Joe Biden's corruption with his son and a Ukrainian gas company. We know it. It's a fact. Come back from- and then the other one, after he left office with the January 6th committee, which was all Democrats and rhino Republicans, and they did a face plant. They wanted to prove that Donald Trump started an insurrection, and it never happened. It never, it did a face plant. So that didn't matter. Only to the elites, only to MSNBC viewers. They were convinced they were going to kill Donald Trump. But we knew they were fake. January 6th, you don't come back from any of this. Okay, January the 6th. Again, the left tried to make January the 6th more than it ever was. They tried to make it an insurrection where Donald Trump was going to overthrow the government. It's all been proven to be crap. There was no damage to the interior of the building. We now know that FBI assets were in the crowd, and they've shown all the video. And by the way, the Blaze just got a hold of all the video. It's got to be released, and it shows that there was no violence whatsoever in that Capitol building. And even Bill Barr is saying that the DOJ was too heavy-handed on the DOJ hostages. There, I said it. But he's come back. Yeah, he did, Frankie. Guys, a survivor. It's not a surprise to me. And his opponent is having so much trouble. Yeah, and I told you guys, I told you, nothing against the other candidates. But this is not another election. It's not another election. Listen, when Donald Trump was running in 2016... I, you know, I, I didn't watch Donald Trump. I, you know, I saw The Apprentice, and I looked at him as kind of this, uh, you know, he's obviously a pop culture icon, but most of us kind of looked at Donald Trump as a, as a punchline. I remember I said, well, you know, it'll make his uh, State of the Unions really exciting if he becomes the president. And then we watched the uh, candidates fall one by one. I was a Cruz supporter. I still like Ted Cruz. Uh, and that fell. And then uh, and Marco Rubio. I liked Marco Rubio and Scott Walker out of Wisconsin. And then I began to realize why Donald Trump was the dude. And it started off with his honesty, his ability to speak like the working person in this country. And then I got on board. And then I realized he was going to be a giant middle finger to the establishment Washington, D.C. And that was clearly the case because they spent every waking moment from the announcement of his candidacy trying to destroy him. Yeah, that's it. So the American people get it. They see that his as the first candidate who went to Washington, D.C. in their lifetimes, who did what he said he was going to do. That's really, that's really what it was. And, and that's what I say, that the GOP can never return to being the GOP, doing your average stump speeches, you know, getting those applause lines with certain lines, ending up with, America, and everybody claps. It's never going to be the same. It should never be the same. If it does ever become the same, it'll be a giant disappointment. 
He really, really changed the way things were done. And Joe Biden, obviously, with the help of the DHS and the FBI and the DOJ, we know we're all involved. Massive, massive censorship of the American people that came from the, the, uh, the like I said, they, they created the DHS. Uh, the, the DHS became this, this censorship bureau. They created a disinformation governance board. And they did all of that and told you that every opinion you had was verboten. That's an affront to the First Amendment. That is inexcusable. Then they shut down the country. Then they told you you couldn't go to church and your kid getting, could, couldn't go to school. And they keep spending and spending and spending and spending. And you're living with less and less and less and less. And we've got an open border. And they pull us out of Afghanistan. These are all the abuses and usurpations of the last four years that are feeding the passion of this election. And the uh, Joe Biden is doing a terrible terrible job and people know that joe biden is a threat to the future of our country this is john carl with a k like Karl marx on abc's this week this weekend talking about joe biden's new poll numbers some of the lowest we've seen in our lives they, they aren't improving in fact they seem to be going the in the other direction our poll this morning has biden's approval rating at 33 percent that's historically low low for him low for an incumbent president it's at 15 years since we see numbers that low and on the economy it's even actually worse only 31 percent uh, say that they approve of biden's handling of the economy yeah, i don't recall any time in my lifetime it being this low but i also don't recall any time in my lifetime when things were more miserable for average people absolutely and i lived it i lived it my wife working a second job me selling cars that was only three years ago <laughs> i've lived it and then then there, there's this by the way, the Democrat Party is taking away your choice. If you're a Democrat, you're going to have Joe Biden as your candidate, even though uh, 28%, only 28% said he has the mental sharpness to be the president. You have, you have the question of the president's age. I mean, it's just there in poll after poll, not just ours. Our poll, in fact, said 28%, just 28% think that President Biden has the mental sharpness to effectively serve for another term. And you know why they think that? Because they're not stupid. And because we don't fall for the same propaganda they do in North Korea. And we don't fall for the same uh, propaganda they did in the former Soviet Union or in Cuba. And even though most of our media slavishly tongue bathes the Democrat Party, you've been able to see the truth and you're not buying it. Let's take a break and come back. I want to get into Fonnie Willis going to church because she knows she's in a lot of trouble in Georgia. This is the Rob Carson Show. Put this Trump lead in some perspective here. First of all, the 48% that he's registering here, that is the highest share for a Republican candidate in a final Des Moines Register poll ever. That surpasses the record of 43%. For yeah, because uh, Trump voters realize that if it weren't for the DHS, the FBI, and other agencies lying to you and preventing the truth coming out about Joe Biden's corruption, that Joe Biden wouldn't be the president. And they're sitting there, and they've sat, and they've stood, and they've watched for three years as Joe Biden and his leftist Maoist revolution has run over this country and destroy it. And so it's not going to be close. I don't think it's going to be close in Iowa. Let's go to uh, Michelle in Westminster. 
who wants to talk about this. Hello, Michelle. Welcome to the show. What's on your mind today? Hello, my friend. How are you today? I'm glorious. Well, it's not enough just for the government to and the media to call me uh, a, a mis- and disinformation spreader, but when your own mother calls you those names and refuses to look at any evidence and say that she's ashamed of you for participating in January the 6th, that takes it to a whole different level. And oh, I know. I've, I've lost all my friends, Michelle. I've lost all my friends in Maryland because I, uh, because I became a conservative talk radio host instead of a silly music jock, and I, and I supported Donald Trump in the last election. They don't even talk to me anymore. Well, I tried to show I tried to show her the video of the tear gas and the bullets that were being uh, shot into the crowd that day, and she looked at me. She said, "Why are you showing me something that is made up? I don't believe this. I do not believe this." I said, "Mom, come on! <laughs> you believe me on everything else. Why can you not believe me on this?" Yeah. And well, listen, you know, I, I live in a house divided as well. I didn't take the vaccine uh, you know, and just because I had a heart issue and I didn't want my kids to take it because they didn't need to. And, and I've seen this, but, you know, you have to sit and you have to wait and wait and wait. And we've had to wait and wait and wait. And, and we've been called names and we've been called uh, deniers and all of this. And, and people are just righteously pissed off, Michelle. I am. And, and, you know, 77% of us believe the country is going in the wrong direction. 77% of us can come together and the people who are are waging this Maoist resolution could get the he- revolution could get the hell out of the way Again, they're gonna have to get the hell out of the way all right michelle i gotta run thanks for the phone call let's go to randall in pacific grove hello randall what's on your mind today yeah um iowa will uh, take it for trump and never underestimate also that maine is a rural basically conservative state overall and uh, i don't think it'll make enough difference and Maine or Colorado, if they succeed at this uh, whole uh, cancellation of Trump thing, because I, I, I believe that there will be enough uh, support for Trump uh, to offset it. Um, that's the first thing. But I have a couple other points. First off, and Gonzalo Lira died of the same abuse as that student in North Korea did because of neglect. He was arrested as a reporter. He's a United States journalist arrested uh, in the Ukraine accused of being uh, giving information to the Russians. So I no longer am on Ukraine's side. I'm officially okay. anti-Ukraine. So we're okay. not, we don't want the same thing. We helped bin Laden and the Taliban. Look what happened when, they, when we helped them fight Russia. I think we ought to just, just like, turn our back on them and get out. But that's not going to happen with Biden. I also wanted to mention here, um, by the way, it's colder than a witch in heat out here in California, too. <laughs> but I will say... Uh, a couple of things might make you chuckle. I was wondering who you reminded me of. Your humor. What? Uh, you remind me of uh, Daddy Griswold, uh, Ch- Chevy Chase on vacation. Oh, really? <laughs> your, your humor is just like him. I could see you being a great dad who means well and everything. And so, uh, along with that, uh, do you ever listen to the spinners? Oh, God, yes. Uh, the, okay. Yeah. Hey, y'all, prepare yourself for the rubber band, man. What? Yeah. Uh, 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 shout out to you for uh, sharing a lot of your stories and stuff. I really appreciate that part of your show. Yes. Uh, I listened to the song. Get the get the high quality, uh, the medley version of uh, Working My Way Back to You. Uh, Forgive yeah. Me, Girl, by the Spinners. <laughs> That's a good one for you. <laughs> All right, thanks. 
I know all those songs. Uh, let me see. Rubber Band Man. Was that the OJs or the Spinners? I, you know, listen, I know a lot of uh, a lot of music because I did a lot of music radio. Wasted a lot of my years on music radio. <laughs> Coming up, uh, Colonel John Mills is going to be talking about uh, the war against the deep state, our southern border, and whatnot. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Don't go anywhere, okay? The new year is here, and I have an important message for you. Hey, it's Rob Carson. Why don't you give yourself a gift for the new year, the new streaming service, Newsmax Plus? Move over, woke Netflix and Disney Plus and Hulu. Just start Newsmax Plus. Get Newsmax best shows with Rob Schmidt, Eric Bowling, Greta Von Susteren, Greg Kelly, and more. Even actor John Voight has a special series on there, plus lots of movies, documentaries, history, comedy. Newsmax Plus just started, and more than 180,000 people have signed up. Watch Newsmax Plus on your home TV or phone app. And Newsmax Plus is the only streamer to give you all of Donald Trump's rallies. So get Newsmax Plus now. It's free to start. Just go to Newsmax Plus. That's NewsmaxPLUS.com. Millions are switching to Newsmax. Be one today. Monday edition of the Rob Carson Show. Have you uh, become a member of Newsmax Plus? You should get all of the great streaming content of Newsmax. Great hosts. Uh, must-see TV every night. Rob Schmidt. I love Rob Schmidt's monologue. Eric Bowling as well. Greta Van Susteren. Greg Kelly. Uh, documentaries. Uh, uh, movies. Comedy. That's what I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, you can see the archive of uh, Rob Carson's What in the World on Newsmax. All you got to do is go to NewsmaxPlus.com. That's NewsmaxPLUS.com and uh, you can get a, a free trial to get started. Millions are switching to Newsmax because uh, our anchors don't change their stripes like some other ones do. Yeah, yeah. Joining us on the Newsmax Hotline, Colonel John Mills. We had hoped to get him on Friday, but he has been flying all over the world. Uh, hello, uh, Colonel. How are you today, and where are you today? Hey, Rob. I'm, uh, I'm in Taipei, Taiwan. Uh, just had an incredible week here covering the elections and the aftermath. And uh, so I'm. I'm. Uh, I just got done packing and uh, going to be getting a little bit of sleep and going to the airport. Well, it sounds like uh, Taiwan smacked back uh, communist leadership. Uh, tell us a little bit about what is happening in Taiwan with the election that happened last week. Well, I, I, I'd call it a populist win. And remember, we've had three in a row. Uh, 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 Javier Malaya in uh, uh, in Argentina, Gert Wilders in the Netherlands, and now here. Now the the DPP, uh, and that was William Lai, won the presidency pretty healthily, almost seven points. Now nobody got a majority in the uh, uh, legislative yuan, which is their their uh, legislative body. Now um, the uh, so we'll see what happens on that after, on Sunday. Four, four distinguished academics and, 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 and media got together and had went through kind of an aftermath. This is, there's never been a uh, situation like this in uh, post-martial law Taiwan. Uh, so we're, we're going to find out what happens as far as creating a coalition. I kind of suspect that the legacy KMT is kind of considered to be fading. Um, so very possibly the DPP, uh, that's William Lai's party, the, uh, the Green Party to make America, excuse me, make Taiwan great again party. Um, I, I think very likely with the uh, TPP, the Taiwan People's Party, which has played a centrist role in this, 
Uh, and I think that's probably what's going to happen is that there can have to be some kind of agreement at the legislative body uh, uh, so they can go forward. But all three parties uh, said they were going to strongly increase defense spending over and above some of the recent very significant increases. And they always make it clear the defense of Taiwan is their fight. It's not anybody else's fight. All they ask for is the weapons to defend themselves. That's all they're asking for. Uh, so we're going to see strong def- increase in defense spending. Uh, uh, the, I think the, uh, the CCP, the Chinese Communist Party, tried to uh, really, in the last few days, do several things uh, to uh, uh, tilt the game. You know, because they made it clear that if you vote for life, to vote for war, if you vote for the KMT, uh, which is really in, seems to be a close relationship, maybe even in the pockets of the Chinese Communist Party. Uh, if you vote for them, it's peace. Straight out of the 1984 Democrat playbook, which, oh, by the way, the Foreign Affairs uh, ran an article uh, that was supposedly written by the KMT candidate, uh, Ho Yu-E. I guarantee you that was ghostwritten by the globalists at the uh, their Council on Foreign Relations. So clearly they were trying to, you had their, you know, talk about election interference here, you had the CFR trying to uh, throw the election, uh, uh, I think. And uh, so uh, that's quite interesting. Now, what do you what do you see as far as I know we all have heard that uh, China is uh, licking its chops over uh, Taiwan. It doesn't sound like uh, Joe Biden uh, wants to recognize the independence of Taiwan. Joe Biden has also looked the other way when it came to the Green Revolution in Iran. That was more uh, that was actually more um, more. uh, 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 Obama uh, also looked the other way with Cuba, they're trying to regain their freedom. Uh, what, what do you think, uh, Joe Biden? How do you think Joe Biden uh, feels about this uh, victory uh, in ta- Taiwan for freedom? I think all he feels is that he wants another vanilla ice cream cone. I don't think. I mean, those that those were not Joe Biden's points or talking points. That was State Department's talking points, and gotcha. those are fifty years out of date and need to be replaced as soon as we have uh, a mega administration in the White House. They are so grotesquely out of date and meaningless at this point in time. And, you know, by the way, it's not ours to keep or give away or grant or not grant independence to Taiwan. They are, you know, I did 80 men on the street interviews here. You know, almost every single one says, we're already a sovereign independent nation, okay? We don't need to ask anybody's permission to be who we are already. And uh, so those were those are State Department. I mean, I I went through this when I was in government. Those talking points are tired. Now, in all fairness, I mean, I'm going to compliment uh, uh, Tony Blinken a bit. I mean, his 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 statement was actually more. I mean, he he gave a very strong, good statement, and they immediately flew a delegation over here, uh, which totally enraged the Chinese. Uh, so just watch this space because the stormy weather season starts in June. If if they are are going to go kinetic, full out kinetic, and invade, <clears throat> they need to start the loadouts now, which are going to be very obvious. And they have to have everything. They have to have a toehold on the beaches by uh, by April, because otherwise you start to hit a very stormy season. The straits over here are pretty rough. They're not you know calm and serene. They have some. There it's uh, high winds and high sea states a lot of time of the year. 
Let me ask you about uh, what happened in Washington, D.C. over the weekend. You had uh, pro-Hamas, uh, anti-Israel protesters rattling the the uh, protective fencing around the White House. Uh, I believe and I know in my heart, and actually I, I know it's all astroturf. It's going on around the world. But what would you say uh, about uh, uh, a crowd being able to do this after uh, January the 6th uh, protesters being who didn't cause any damage inside of the Capitol and being persecuted to the end of the uh, of the earth versus what happened in in DC uh, what do you what are your thoughts on on uh, this clearly uh, uh, what appears to be uh, well uh, if you got to look at the the Democrat version of things an insurrection or an attempted insurrection what do you have to say it was it was it was an invasion and a violent assault on the White House and they need to receive uh, far more than what the J- J6ers have received. So I expect the FBI to drop everything they're doing and immediately, and, and Department <laughs> of Justice, yes. and give this one of their number one priorities to identify and pursue, oh, along with all the nonprofits that helped identify and out people who were January 6th. Yes. So I expect them to drop everything they're doing and make this their highest priority. And, oh, by the way, uh, these protesters, I, I think there's, there's strong basis for this, it's the same people who were Antifa, the same people who are crazy uh, transgender uh, protesters. And guess who's paying them based upon skimming of profits from, uh, air quote, legal cannabis operations that's being moved on by, guess what, Chinese illegals who are likely special operators. So everybody you're seeing at the White House very likely was receiving money from, guess who, China, who uh, is you know using their special operators to muscle in on legal cannabis, give them the cash heavy operation. They can't bank it because of federal banking laws. And uh, guess who's paying them? Now they got that's a self licking ice cream cream cone where they can pay violent protesters in the street. So yeah, not only not not only do we have FBI and DOJ drop everything they're doing and go after these. This is a foreign intelligence threat. So I would expect that the full power of the intelligence community should be uh, that we should establish a a named mission, move it above the cut line, and we should be uh, spending all of our IC resources on finding out uh, China's role in this. Okay, now let's deal with reality. That's not going to happen. Thank you. All right. Nice. Now, now, not even one little bit. Now they're going to keep going after Trump supporters and uh, and Catholics who go to Latin Mass and uh, and people who are uh, pro life. That's what's going to happen. It is un- unbelievable. Let's move on to uh, to Israel. Uh, it sounds like Israel is saying, uh, you know, shut up with with regard to the United States wanting to uh, to uh, end this conflict and and continue with this idiotic two state solution. Uh, it sounds like Israel saying, you know what, uh, we'll just. Take Take care of this ourselves. We're not listening to you. What do you What do you think is going to happen uh, with regard to Israel going after Hamas? Well, it's the cult of proportionality. Remember this term they keep on using, proportionality, which has a vague legal trace to the law of land warfare. But uh, hello, the law, the law of land warfare. Uh, when somebody is shooting at you and killing your people. Uh, this concept of proportionality uh, is it doesn't quite fit or apply. Uh, you, if somebody's shooting at you, you have full. You don't. Well, they're only shooting ten bullets at me, so I'm only going to shoot ten bullets back. No, you destroy them, and there's nothing wrong with that. That's totally legal and lawful under the laws of land warfare. But this 
bizarre cult that is just obsessed over this term of proportionality. No, we're going we're gonna to absolutely destroy these people. We've given, look, at they have given them every opportunity to surrender, which is what you're supposed to do before they destroy a bunker, flood a bunker, whatever. They, they, they are so good, they are calling up all the residents of apartment buildings and letting them know to leave the building within two hours. That is fully within the laws of land of warfare. So this cult of proportionality, but all it, it's done, you got you got to remember what's going on with the Houthis. They had nothing to do with Hamas. They are an extension of Iran, which is an extension of China. We are now in a full-blown naval war in the Middle East. We only have 75 deployable ships, you know, over half of which are committed to the Middle East. Where are the rest of them to deter China and the Western Pacific? I mean, we are, you know, we are, our military is totally overextended. So don't this talking point. Well, we hit 60 targets and uh, in 14 locations. And what did the Houthis do? They just kept on firing missiles. Let me ask you this: uh, Lloyd Austin is commanding the military uh, as someone is uh, uh, emptying his bedpan. What do you have to say about? And he's still hospitalized, by the way. The the Secretary of Defense not telling the Commander in Chief like he'd remember, and not telling his Undersecretary that he was uh, in the hospital uh, for prostate surgery. Ray, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I've never seen or heard of any similar event in my entire national security career, and I think it's only appropriate that he resigns. He's got to resign. And I hope he recovers. Uh, but uh, this is just... I, I think even the Biden people are shocked. I've never, I've never even heard of anything like this before. Uh, this is just absolutely... This is so rote... There is such a clear process for this, and and you know they, they, they all there is a letter that literally always shows the chain of command. Anytime anybody has to is on personal leave, uh, is is incapacitated, is going for an operation, whatever. I mean, there's a de- there's a written signed delegation of authority, and you know if if we I, I don't think we know everything yet, but if this is really what occurred, I think there's only one. It's, it's resignation if. And there has to be other resignations, but it's like, uh, it, it, if this is what happened, it appears that even the Biden team was not aware of this. You, you, uh, you spend your entire... You spent your entire career uh, in the uh, in the military, in the army. We found out that uh, white recruits are saying, screw this. We're not going to be a part of a woke military that makes us feel like we're evil or white supremacists. Um, what would you tell somebody, some kid who's graduating high school thinking about the jo- joining the military? What would you tell them? What would your advice be? Uh, wait till uh, Mega is back in the White okay. House or some reasonable, uh, reasonable uh, presidency because this is, I talked about cults here. I mean, Christine Warmoth uh, uh, ignored this topic. Then she made fun of it. Then she gets angry when anybody brings it up and, and accuses that person of them being the reason people aren't joining. Look, we have a crisis of recruiting and attention. The Marines seem to be, but they're a much smaller force. Uh, much smaller force, but they seem to be uh, the only ones who are coming close to it. I, I haven't seen the latest uh, numbers. But everybody else, crisis in recruiting intention. The Coast Guard can't even put cutters to sea because of a lack of people. Usually it's the other way around. They don't have the maintenance and operational funds to keep some of their and you know their keep some of their cutters uh, going. Now they don't have the person. Even the Coast Guard is going through this. 
this is a national security crisis, and we need an honest and transparent conversation on this. And this goes this goes to shipbuilding. The Navy has known about it's been under mandate for uh, under law for over almost ten years to grow, and. Every, the, the more spreadsheets they do on this, the the, the, the more ships they lose and, and the smaller the fleet gets. I mean, this is... Well, ridiculous. I don't and, I don't know how much well, more the country can take. Yeah, I don't know how much more the country can take. I'm very concerned about it, though. Uh, Colonel John Mills, I appreciate it. Thank you for joining me on the show. Safe travels coming back from Taiwan, okay? Uh, thank you, Rob. Absolutely. All right. God bless you, brother. Uh, let's take a break. This, my friends, is the Rob Carson Show. Make sure to check out the podcast today. I thought Colonel John Mills' uh, interview was mind-blowingly packed with information. I mean, wow! Every coming from Taiwan, my goodness, that was uh, that was remarkable. That was remarkable stuff. Just go to newsmax.com/slash/listen uh, for uh, political indictments right now against Donald Trump. It, it appears all of them have been uh, commanded and controlled out of Washington D.C. Uh, it's very clear. Uh, and I said this from the second indictment. I said. Duh. And you know why I said that? Say it with me, because I'm not stupid. Um, and, uh, and even Kevin O'Leary shocked the CNN audience that's saying that Letitia James' case against Donald Trump is bullcrap. Now, it is bullcrap. Don't get me wrong. It is absolute bullcrap based on nothing. Uh, you know, banks know who to loan money to. They don't go, oh, we'll take your word for it. Okay, whatever. It is, it is merely a way to, to try to bankrupt Donald Trump. And, and no doubt, when this jackass comes back from whatever he's doing and announces a verdict, it'll be, you know, it'll, it may even be higher than $370 million. He might, he might make up something else. It's the worst that I ever thought and make it a half a billion dollars. But, you know, it's going to get smacked down in Supreme Court. It's a bunch of crap. But here is Kevin O'Leary saying that this case is a bunch of uh, BS. Every single real estate developer everywhere on earth does this. They always talk about their asset being worth a lot, and the bank says no. And that's just the way it is. Yeah. So in this case, what I'm trying to figure out, and I'm not pro or con, or I don't care about the politics, who lost money? Nobody. The bank got paid back the construction finance loan, and a new building was built. And if, if you're going to sue this case and win, you've got to sue every real estate developer everywhere. This is all they do. This is what they do all day long, every day. So I don't think this thing will ever survive appeal, regardless of what the fine is. Yeah, it's ridiculous. It is a third world crap. And, and this this uh, judge is such an, uh, you know, uh, he would not let Donald Trump delay the case when his mother-in-law, his wife's mother, died. Here is Donald Trump addressing that in Iowa this weekend. Fake indictment, totally fake. I have the worst judge in the whole country. They said, if you got this judge, you have no chance. I got that judge. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked. I got the right judge. I got one in New York that's beautiful. My wife's mother, who was an incredible woman, a great beauty inside and out, incredible woman. She just died. And uh, my wife is very devastated by that. And I have a trial going on, a fake trial, a totally fake trial. And uh, we asked the judge if I could take a day off for a funeral of my mother-in-law, who was very close to me also. And he said, no. Can you imagine? These are animals. Can you- yeah, they are. 
And, and you know, you know my story. We just went through that, and and we're still, uh, you know, it was a week a week before Thanksgiving. We're still struggling so badly, and that a judge would do such a completely. Uh, I mean, there are words that I would like to use on the radio. I will not use them on the radio. But uh, it, it honestly is, this is it. This is what's driving this election. This is what uh, people have sat here and they've waited for three years and watched this nonsense. And they've been pilloried for their support of Donald Trump, for their support of America first. And this is also the culmination of 40 years of America hate, of people telling you, academics telling you, you should be a hate America, you should be ashamed of America. And you, you shouldn't be. We're proud of it. We're proud of it. And America is going to make a massive comeback. And the people who tried to destroy the country are going to go down in flames. Let's take a break and come back. This is The Rob Carson Show. Wide web. This is the Rob Carson Show. This is the uh, last hour of the Rob Carson Show for today. The Iowa caucuses are happening today. I'm uh, I'm in Kansas City. That's the uh, area that I live, and I've got to tell you, I have not seen cold like this uh, since I lived in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and. Uh, I posted a bunch of stuff on my Twitter feed over the weekend, including pictures of my son at the Kansas City game, and uh, it was uh, Kansas City and Miami. I'll be very interested to see what this episode of Hard Knocks on on HBO uh, is. If you haven't seen Hard Knocks, uh, Hard Knocks, they follow, you know, different NFL franchises around uh, for the season. I find it to be very, very fascinating. I've really, really enjoyed uh, this season and, and following the Dolphins in respect. Respect the Dolphins, respect their coach. Um, I really enjoy the show, and and it has given me a real insight into, uh, you know, what it's like to be an NFL player, the heartbreak of an injury, um, the amount of devotion that it takes to, to do this, and, and it makes you also realize that these young men on the field are just that. They are young men, and, and you know, like I got my, my son is Noah Gray, uh, uh, tied in for the Kansas City Chiefs, is his age. And it's like, it's just, it, 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 I mean, their careers are, uh, you know, very short frequently. Uh, average length of an NFL career is three years, and then you've got to go on to the rest of your life. It really is. And, and I'll be interested to see. It, it'll be tragic, you know, for Miami because they got uh, beaten so badly by the Chiefs. But uh, it, was, it was fascinating to watch. And, uh, and I, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, I was like, why don't they move the game because it's too cold? And, I, and I, I, I don't know. part of that was my son was going to the game. And I was like, you really want to be out when it's whatever degrees below zero. And, uh, and, and you know, when Saturday rolled around, it, it, was, um, uh, it was four degrees below zero at game time. I gave him my parka from when I lived in Minneapolis and my Sorrells, which are the boots of Minnesota, and a rabbit fur hat, one of those flap hats, you know, that I still had to go to that game. And and they sat there. And by the way, by the time it was uh, around, I guess it was the uh, end of the second quarter, it was nine below zero in that stadium. And I don't know how in the hell you can play football. I mean, you got the heaters on the side and everything, but I don't know how you can play football. And tonight you got the, the bills and, and there's snow on the ground and, and it's freezing cold. And, and it just gave me uh, uh, a lot of respect. It gave me a lot of respect for the Chiefs because I didn't think the Chiefs, I thought they were kind of being posers this year. They've never been able to really put together four quarters consistently. 
and and they did it, man. They showed it how it was done. And and did you see Patrick Mahomes' helmet shatter? That's how cold it was. That, there was no other. I mean, yes, it was a pretty good impact, but that cold makes that plastic brittle. I'm surprised it didn't happen more because uh, it, it's. It honestly, there are no words to describe how cold it is. If you live in a warmer climate, let me let me put it this way. <clears throat> You ever go to Sam's Club or Costco, or maybe you go to BJ's, and they got the uh, the refrigerated section where they have the, uh, well, they first got the, the, the dairy in one area with the eggs and all that, and then they got the produce section over here, and you walk in, and they keep those probably at about 40, maybe a little bit lower. When I went to Sam's Club on Saturday, it was warm. It felt warm. I, I'm literally, I go in there, and I'm like, I gotta, I'm in and out. I'm in and out. I usually take my coat off when I go into Sam's. I go into the veg, and, I, and I'm like, in and out, grab with the asparagus, grab the whatever, get the hell out of there. I went in there Saturday, and if you're conditioned to being outside when it's zero, you, you walk in there, you, you don't even notice it. <laughs> it's insane. It's just insane. So uh, I'm, I'm, I got to tell you, I really am enjoying NFL football, and, I, and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that episode of Hard Knocks. And if you haven't seen it, you ought to, uh, you ought to check it out. And also, I'm, I might mention this. Tonight, if you're watching uh, caucus coverage, Newsmax, I would recommend. Uh, our anchors don't change their stripes. They're going to have a, a cast of, uh, of people in studio who are amazing, people on the, on the uh, streets in, in Iowa, Des Moines, and other Iowa communities. And, and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, NewsmaxTV.com for uh, listings, uh, cable providers, Newsmax Plus if you want to join. But uh, they really, uh, Newsmax is doing a hell of a job. And that's why Newsmax ratings are just going through the... Uh, through the ceiling, let's talk a little bit about uh, Fanny Fawny Willis, shall we? And I'll start this off with Jim Gossett in uh, Fanny Be Bad. Fawny Willis got a boyfriend, a new gig. Hey. And it seems that they have cashed in big. Ooh. Improperly hired and overpaid. Big mistake, Fawny Willis is made. you hear the money. This bribery story is about to explode. And a case against Trump, it is going to implode. No, no. Her boyfriend Nathan Weedy isn't qualified To try this kind of case and that's why Fawny lied Didn't get approval like she knew she should Bent the rules because she knew she could Her Trump prosecution it is gonna fail Cause she's the one who belongs in jail Go, go She knows it too Go, Fawny, go, go So, you know what she did over the weekend? She did a 35-minute uh, speech at the Big Bethel AME Church in Atlanta on Sunday. She did not directly refer to, nor did she deny the accusations, but suggested that criticism of her was racist and sexist. Um, banging a married man and then hiring him so you can overpay him for services rendered and go around the world on vacations and allow him to buy expensive cars on taxpayer money is not racist. You're just a filthy, rotten, wretched 
person. How about that? Here's a, here's Fawny, and she's getting all preachified at a black church uh, because that's what Democrats do. Uh, and I don't think uh, I don't think people of color outside of this highly political church are buying it. All the glory I receive is His grace, not a perfect me. Not a perfect me. We are at a time in history, people. Hear me on this. Hear me on this. We are at a time in history when you can no longer sit back and just let other folks do it. Does she normally talk like that, do you suppose? Or is she just pandering? Well, of course she's pandering. You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. So you can't expect black women to be perfect and save the world. Well, not if they're you. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We're not we perfect. We need your prayers. That's we right. We need to be allowed. I'm praying for you. I'm praying you go to jail. Not to stumble. Yes, I am. <laughs> I'm praying she goes to jail. We need grace. With that kind of support. And I'm praying that her case does a face plant. We will move mountains and do Jesus' will. Oh, yeah. I don't think Jesus would be down with this. Stumbling all the way. Stumbling all the way? Is that what she so said? So flawed, hard-headed, and imperfect child has a message for each of you today. Yes, what is your message? Please find yes. a way yes. to do your extraordinary, God-given assignment. How dare you? How dare you? And make this community and the world a better place for all of his people. Yeah. Unbelievable. If you still fall for that crap, you're an ignoramus. You're just an ignoramus. Yeah, I said it. You're just an ignoramus if you buy this crap. The same people who run that church are the same people who have wrecked America's inner cities. The same people who run that church are the same people who've watched the black community descend into hell following the great society. And where are you now? Where are you now? Where are you now that in, that in Baltimore, Maryland, people can graduate from high school and you can't find a black kid in Baltimore who can read at grade level, let alone read at all? The, the mindset of this church and this community and the Democrat Party is the reason why the black-on-black violence murder rate is 13 times the national average. Abortion is about 70% of the black community. 30 million black babies have been murdered before they were born since Roe v. Wade... And 80% of the families don't have fathers in them. You buffoons. Honestly. And I think people of color in places like Baltimore and Chicago are done with it. Are done with the Democratic Party and this nonsense. And you ought to be done with churches like this. Ridiculous. I was thinking about this over the weekend. Because my father left me when I was seven years old. Left me. Gone. Gone, 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 gone. And I had to decide what the hell I was going to do with my life. But I remember, I remember going, why did my father leave me? And I mean, it was, it was heart-wrenching. And this happens every day. And I said, the best thing you can do as someone whose father abandoned you in your life is not to make babies by a bunch of different women. It's to embrace fatherhood and show that you can do it. It's the greatest thing you can ever do. It's the greatest way that you can tell that man who left you behind that you're worthy, that you are worthy, and you left me, and you missed out on 
the wonderful experience of being my father and me being your son and me being the father to your grandchildren. That's what we need to embrace and realize that everything else is falderall. Everything else is nonsense. The best way that you can survive, the best way that you can show a father that he left you, that it was a mistake, is to be the best father you can be and show that it was his weakness and his failure as a human being not to stay with you and witness the glory of your childhood and your adulthood. It is unbelievable. There you I feel better now. I feel better now. And then there's this. House Judiciary Chair Jim Jordan launched an investigation into uh, Fani Willis on Friday for accepting more than, listen to this, $14.6 million in uh, grant funds from Biden's Justice Department between 20 and 20, 2020 and 23. Yeah, Joe Biden's Justice Department is funding this persecution of Donald Trump and his affiliates and his associates. Jordan sent a letter to Nathan Wade, who's the guy who was hired by Fonnie Willis, even though he has no qualifications, never has convicted or or done a felony case. And she hired him to be his sugar uh, honey. And uh, and they traveled the world with your tax money. Nathan Wade, Willis's lead prosecutor, had an improper relationship. Wade's law firm used funds paid by the county to take Willis on luxury vacations and using potentially fraudulent payments. Wade was appointed without the requirement approval by authorities had no prosecutorial experience. Wade met with Joe Biden's White House counsel before indicting Trump in August, calling into question if the White House coordinated, and of course they did. Because the White House sent her $14.6 million of your money for Trump's prosecution. The committee has informed that the FCDAO uh, uh, received $14.6 million in grant funds from the Department of Justice between 20 and 2023. And given the enormous legal fees you have billed to the FCDAO, uh, there have been the enormous legal fees you have been billed. There are, there are open questions about whether federal funds were being used to finance your prosecution. And of course they were. And then there's with Nathan Wade, who is such a toad. His firm billed her office $6,000 for 24 hours of work in a single day in November of 2021. Build the entire work 24 hours, November 5th, 2021. Wade's invoice is for 24 hours of work. 24 hours of work. He billed $250 an hour and a $6,000 charge. So there you, Wade received $300,000 in payments from the contract, another $173 over a subsequent contract that ran out in 2022, uh, from November 15th of 2022 to May 15th of 2023. This is all coming out of the White House. This is the dictatorial crap of third world countries. And not only should she be removed from the case, the case needs to be dropped, obviously. Uh, Let's take a break and come back. You are listening to The Rob Carson Show. So I got some uh, border stuff I want to get to, but first I'll play this from Jim Gossett about Alejandro Mayorkas who's being impeached because he's a criminal. South of the border Watch those Mexicans flee 
Fleet of the USA, they're here to stay illegally. Thanks to Joe Biden, 10,000 a day. Crossing the border from Mexico way. Borders are Kamala's done zero. And Mallorca should face impeachment. Illegals call Biden their hero because he lets all of them in. South of the border, it gets worse every day. Come take our jobs, our schools, come break all the rules. Joe has paved the way. New Democrat voters. That is their play for wide open borders. Goodbye, USA. So, uh, secret documents reveal that uh, Biden's border policy was an intentional policy. Well, no kidding. No bleep, Sherlock, as I like to say. Everybody knows that's the case. Everybody knows that the border has been opened on purpose. He said he was going to do it. As President Joe Biden's immigration crisis overwhelms the U.S. and wreaks havoc on the state's resources, uh, confidential documents suggest the president's open border policy was intentional. The Immigration Reform Law Institute filed a lawsuit against Joe Biden's Department of uh, Homeland Security, DHS, claiming the agency halted the 287G program, which assisted the deportation of illegal migrant child rapists, attempted murderers, assailants, carjackers, and other known criminals. The program allowed local law enforcement agencies to work closely with ICE to capture illegal aliens who have committed crimes. They were able to then turn the migrants over to federal officials for arrest and deportation. But this government just releases them into the country. Yeah. This is uh, Victor Davis Hanson, the amazing Victor Davis Hanson, with regard to uh, the purposeful opening of our southern border, which... Um, has Americans very, very upset and very, very motivated because they know this is an attempt to destroy the country. It's the message has gone out. It's not just to Latin America, Mark. It's all over the world that you're not only allowed to come in here illegally, but this administration wants you to. And they will slur or smear anybody who objects and call them racist or advocates of the great replacement theory. But they've written advocates of the open borders have written books they're 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 not shy about it called demography is destiny or the new democratic majority they feel that their agenda doesn't appeal to people uh on the issues crime the border foreign policy inflation so they need new constituents or at least they want to grow government by having a lot of uh, people who would need to be on entitlements do you remember the american dream Maybe you've got uh, ancestors, maybe you've got uh, uh, great-grandfathers and grandmothers who came to America with a dream of assimilating into the culture and being a part of the great American melting pot. That's the dream. That was the dream. It always has been the dream. That's why our Olympic teams are made up of multicultural, unlike China, where all of their athletes are Chinese. People can live the American dream. There is a, there is a way to achieve it. But this is Nancy Pelosi and Jerry Nadler's version of an American dream. Come here and pick vegetables for Democrats. And we need immigrants in this country. Forget the fact that the farm, that our, our, our vegetables would rot in the ground if, it weren't, if they weren't being picked by... I told you, 
I told you this is what Democrats think of brown people. They belong in the country with a leaf blower on their back. Many immigrants, many illegal immigrants. The fact is that the birth rate in this country oh. is way below replacement level which means our population is going to start shrinking. Huh. And the ratio of people on Social Security huh. and Medicare is going to increase relative to the number of people supporting them. Well, that is very telling, isn't it? Yeah, it's really telling. Yeah, that's the dream that Democrats have for people coming across the border. Come here and pick vegetables. That's your life. Not come here, maybe drive Uber, then move up, then start your own business, then become a CEO. Not that. Come here, pick vegetables, do the work of the little people. Nancy Pelosi doubles down on that. I'll share on the other side of the break. This is The Rob Carson Show. Before we get to our next guest, Tom Basile from Newsmax in uh, Iowa, I want to play Nancy Pelosi about why we need a legal stream across the southern border to live the American dream, which is to pick the vegetables of Americans. Supporting them. We have a responsibility to secure our border. We also have a responsibility to recognize the importance of newcomers to our nation. And? Right now, the best thing that we can do for our economy is to have comprehensive immigration reform. (laughs) We have a shortage of workers in our country. And you see even in Florida, some of the farmers and the growers saying, why are you shipping these uh, immigrants uh, up north? We need them to pick the crops. Yeah, isn't that the dream of Ellis Island? Yeah, isn't that amazing? Yeah, unbelievable. How elite these people are. Absolutely remarkable. Uh, Joining us live from my home state of Iowa, Tom Basile from uh, Newsmax. Tom, welcome to the show, man. How are you? Rob, my friend, it's a, a pleasure to be with you here from the frozen tundra of, uh, of uh, Caucus Central here in Des Moines, <laughs> Iowa. Uh, man. Uh, it, uh, boy, uh, it's cold, man. I, I saw a penguin outside of my, of my hotel today. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but you know what? Uh, people here are very energized. And yeah. I, I spoke to the, the chairman of the, uh, the Iowa State Republican Party uh, earlier, and he said, you know what? It's cold. Yeah, we get it. Uh, the, the caucuses are inside. People are used to going about their business. And uh, it could have an impact. I mean, let's be realistic. It's 20 below zero uh, at caucus time. It could have an impact on, on turnout. Uh, but they're still expecting uh, a very robust turnout. The folks that I say uh, I've spoken to here, they say, uh, yeah, you know what? Uh, we're going to, you know, we're still coming out. And there is a lot of energy surrounding this race. It, there is a lot of energy, Tom, and, and uh, there have been a new uh, uh, Des Moines registered poll shows that Donald Trump is uh, way out in front of uh, Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. The, uh, the, the all-time winner in recent memory with regard to uh, uh, first to second place difference would be, I, bl- I believe it was 1988, where Bob Dole was ahead by 12 points. It looks like there's a real good chance that record will be easily eviscerated. What are you hearing? Yeah, look, I, I think that Iowa is always much more than just about who wins, right? Because the winner of the Iowa caucus usually does not go on to become the, the nominee of the party, usually does not go on to become president. It, this is really a scene setter, right? It's a, it, it adds some contours and some shape to the, to the race, right? So it's, it's, about, it's about, well, how do you perform in Iowa, and how does that then propel you forward into New Hampshire and South Carolina and the other primaries? And so that's what 
the way I encourage people to kind of look at it. Uh, Donald Trump is is way out in front, um, and it's also important for for people to realize that this is very unique. There's nobody here, and I'm I'm standing here in the Iowa Convention Center, and there are hundreds of people around. There is nobody here that was alive uh, to see a circumstance where we've had a a a, a president, a former president, trying to serve a non-consecutive term, and so this is a very unique caucus. And uh, and that's one of the reasons why I don't know, you know, if the if the polls are correct uh, or if we're going to see some sort of a surprise today. Uh, look, Donald Trump clearly has a, a far and away an advantage because he's basically running like an incumbent president. But there there uh, are campaigns here that have spent a combined hundred and five million dollars uh, up on TV. You've got Ron DeSantis, who has camped out here essentially for months. He's knocked on hundreds of thousands of doors. Uh, they claim that they have 50,000 people that have committed to caucus for him. And uh, you have Nikki Haley uh, and her infrastructure here. So it is, um, there's a lot of competition. And and tonight, I think, uh, Rob, is really about Ron DeSantis. It's about whether or not he is going to be able to finish a strong second and whether or not he moves on from here. Um, Nikki Haley, I think, had probably the lowest expectations up until these last few Des Moines Register polls, which showed her leapfrogging over DeSantis. But in terms of the expectations game, it's not about Trump. It's not about necessarily Haley. It's really more about whether or not DeSantis is going to be able to churn out that vote and surprise people tonight. And uh, when did you arrive, by the way, Tom? When did you get to Des Moines? And and what have you heard from people about the issues that are most important to them? Um, Um, uh, This is my second time out here, Rob, uh, during Uh, the campaign. And uh, I came in on Saturday night in the midst of a blizzard. Uh, and uh, wow. and you hit the nail on the head when you were on, on your way in from commercial where you were talking about immigration. That yeah. is what people are talking about here. That's also something that makes the cycle so incredibly important and also so incredibly different because we've really never seen immigration policy as a driver of voter intent as much across the board, by the way, independents, Republicans, and even Democrats now, um, the way that we have seen it, the way that we're seeing it now. And and uh, all of the campaigns have uh, have focused on that. And that's what we're hearing from from Iowa voters, because it is really um, emblematic of the larger crisis that we have, identity crisis or spiritual crisis that we are having in this country is the way that we're handling, uh, the Democrats are handling the southern, the southern border. Well, and, and, and I also yeah. think, I think, I think that there is a, a degree of uh, dissatisfaction and, and um, fear, uh, honestly, fear of the direction of the country. I mean, a, a, a new poll shows that 77 percent of us believe the country is headed in the wrong direction. There is yeah. only one thing guiding that poll, and that is the direction of the country that Joe Biden has has taken the, the direction of the country. And his and his polling now is as low as it's ever been. 33 percent approval. Yeah. Un- so so clearly this election is about Joe Biden and his policies and how the American people perceive his policies really threatening the future of the country and their children. 
Yeah, and I think that one of the things that I'm hearing, too, is that this is not the folks who are voting for DeSantis or for Haley. They're not anti-Trump people. These are people who supported the former president. Uh, Some of them supported them twice. Uh, But they're looking at this as we got to win this election. And they're making a decision that they believe that Haley or or DeSantis is is better equipped to be able to to run and to win uh, and to serve two terms. Uh, I don't hear a lot of criticism of the former president and and so i don't think that it's it will be it, it'll be fair if the media sort of the left-wing press tonight uh you know try to frame these results as sort of an anti-trump movement i don't see that and i don't hear it and i don't feel it i think that everybody that i talk to here says uh we are in agreement on what the problems are with this country uh we understand that the far left has taken over the democratic party the socialists have taken over the Democratic Party and and uh, and the the results of for America have been devastating, and we need to win this election. And I Let think me, that's a very positive thing coming out of. I think that's going to ultimately come out of tonight in terms of an, a tone or an attitude. Well, exactly, and and I do believe that that America Americans want America to return to being America. They they want us to mm-hmm. be, continue to be the beacon of uh, freedom around the world. We are the greatest engine of individual and economic freedom in the history of mankind, and we're tired of being beaten down, made to feel like we should hate America, kneeling during the anthem and whatnot, and I and also mm-hmm. the, the nonsense, the nonsense associated with the Democrat Party, like boys can compete with girls by becoming girls, and four, right. four-year-olds can start taking uh, uh, puberty blockers so they can change sex. That's the insanity of the Democrat Party. You yeah. won't find a rejection of that more wholehearted than in America's heartland. Uh, they, they, I mean, uh, come on. Nobody is down with this nonsense uh, in Dubuque. <laughs> you know, right. it's, it's not happening. It's not happening. So, yeah, but, no, uh, absolutely. And, and, uh, and so I think that regardless of what happens tonight, uh, you are going to see, you're, you're going to see a party ultimately as we go through this process come together. And uh, because the, the stakes have really never been, never been higher. Uh, we have an identity crisis. We have a spiritual crisis in this country. Uh, and uh, we have intellectual chaos yes. uh, driven by the far left. And people know. Uh, they, they, they know that, that we are perilously close. So yeah. losing the, the, the formula for greatness one thousand percent. Now, have you ever been in a uh, a temperature of twenty below zero, Tom? I know you, you you're headquartered in New York, but have you ever have you ever been out when it was twenty below zero with a with a brisk wind chill of about thirty below or forty below? You know, not until not until the other <laughs> night when I landed, uh, Rob. I don't know how you I don't know how you did it out here, but you know, Iowans are tough. They are they're tough folks, and and you know one of the things that I've been telling our, our viewers at Newsmax is to think about it. You have 99 counties, you have 1,600 caucus sites, 48 of those counties, um, there are less than 15,000 residents. So you're talking really rural areas where people are going to have to travel. Uh, to participate in this process. And that's the thing, Rob, that, you know, Joe Biden, always, he's always talking about the fact that democracy is in danger and, and democracy is on the brink and all this other stuff. 
we're going to see the democratic process in in a way here tonight that's very very special because people are going to come out in that weather and they are going to travel to have this important conversation about the future of America and uh and 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 that's why I know like I'm kind of geeking out about this uh but it is <laughs> it is really special and and it is yeah. it is it is really unique that the leader of the free world that it gets the the beginning of the process to become the leader of the free world will start in somebody's living room in in Humboldt County, uh, you know, Iowa today. Uh, and uh, and I just think it's it's really very special. A couple of other things, uh, Rob, if you have a sec, look, for, oh, for those of you who are going to geek out like me and you're going to watch yes. and going to play along from home, um, keep an eye on the counties um, that uh, in in the northwest uh, and the counties that have, you know, high evangelical uh, high evangelical percentages. Uh, Ron DeSantis. That's going to give us an indicator of whether or not Ron DeSantis is going to be able to uh, to to have a very strong finish. He's focused a lot on those counties. Uh, you look at Polk County, Johnson County, Scott County, uh, and those are the counties where you've got some big cities. You also have the the University of Iowa, uh, and and to see whether or not Nikki Haley is making a big move there, or even DeSantis in the suburbs, and then. Keep an eye on those rural counties, uh, those uh, those counties kind of in the heartland of, of, of Iowa, which is where Donald Trump really is going to run up the score. And if his and if his uh, his supporters are as enthusiastic as he says that they are, um, they're willing to come out no matter what the weather is. Well, so, Tom, uh, just, uh, you know, keep a you know, it's going to be a fun thing to watch tonight. Oh, I think it's going to be uh, uh, amazing. I am from Pottawatomie County, the largest county in Iowa. Thank you very much. On the uh, on the left, on the west coast of Iowa, because you know we have rivers on either side. We have the Missouri and the Mississippi on either either end of the uh, of the state. Um, I, you know, generally when it comes to Iowa politics, uh, it, it, Iowa is like so many states. It is largely rural, uh, and it is dominated by Des Moines. Ames and Iowa City. Ames and Iowa City, the homes of Iowa State and Iowa, and they're very liberal bastions. Des Moines tends to be a little bit more liberal as well, but the rest of the state is largely, largely uh, rural communities, and uh, and they tend to, uh, like like you know, New York. Dear God in heaven, you always think New York. Oh yeah, New York is mostly farmland. You know, and so is and so is Delaware. And, you know, we don't think this because you have these massive population centers that skew things toward the left. So uh, I really appreciate you being there, Tom. And and, uh, I would love to have you on tomorrow morning with the results review. If you get the time, if you get the chance, we we, I would love to do it. And uh, and again, uh, I hope everybody watches Newsmax uh, tonight. Uh, We're going to be we're going to have live. Uh, live team coverage uh, all evening, and uh, it's going to be a really exciting night uh, as we start this road to the White House. By, by the way, uh, just an observation, the three-piece plaid suit you are wearing on Newsmax this weekend is impeccable. When did you decide to do the three-piece look? Because I haven't, I haven't pulled the trigger yet, Tom. That looked pretty damn sharp, bro. Looked you know, really that, good. Too. Rob, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to, just between the two of us, right? Yes, just between yes. the two of us, that suit is actually patterned after the suit that, uh, uh, that Sean Connery wore in Goldfinger. And that's Dude. when I had it, when I had it made, that's the way I said, that's what I want it to look like. So, uh,
Can I just say that live on the air? Yeah, that is fantastic. <laughs> I noticed it, man, because, see, listen, I lost, I've lost about 50 pounds. I, you know, I'm feeling good. Uh, you know, I'm working out. My goal is to look um, like Howie Mandel, or not Howie Mandel, Howie uh, uh, from uh, from uh, Fox NFL. Howie, I uh, drawn a blank on it. Uh, Howie Long. I, I want to look like Howie Long in his suit. i got a ways to go, but I, I'm actually looking. And so I'm thinking about doing the vest, and you inspired me because it looks sharp as heck. Sharp well, as thank heck. Thank you very much, sir. And thank you for everything you do. You've got a great show. And All you right, do a bro. wonderful, wonderful job, wonderful service to the country. Thank you. All right. Well, well, don't stick your tongue on anything metal outdoors today, okay? All right. <laughs> I'll try not. <laughs> we'll we'll talk care. again tomorrow. Let's take a break. Tom Basile from uh, Newsmax. Make sure to watch Newsmax for election coverage tonight. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Let's take a break and come back. It's the Rob Carson Show. It was nice to talk to Thomas Ile in uh, in Iowa, Des Moines. Make sure to watch uh, Newsmax tonight for coverage. I think you'll really, really enjoy it. Our anchors don't change their stripes like, uh, I don't know, Fox. Uh, here's something. Uh, let's, we haven't done this in a while. We haven't done a Catch the Stupid update. Stupid, 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 stupid. People, 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 people. Just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Mr. Blue. Who got stupid? Has anybody noticed that uh, Pete Booty Gig is not around anywhere? He just kind of disappeared. Jennifer Granholm, too. Both of them just kind of off the radar because both of them uh, are not equipped to do their jobs. The FAA has launched a recruitment campaign for workers with severe intellectual disabilities, psychiatric problems, and physical issues. Oh, I'm serious. Yeah. Is that a surprise? Because, uh, let's see, you've got a... uh, president who has severe intellectual disabilities uh, and a vice president. Why, why the hell not? The FAA looking for recruits with severe intellectual disabilities as it tries to hit woke DEI targets. The agency is hunting, peop- hunting for people with psychiatric issues and other mental <laughs> and physical conditions. Yeah, 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 I know. This is how stupid these people are. This is how ridiculous that this uh, iteration of the federal government is. That's why we need to overthrow it at the box office and replace it with a new guard. Yeah, I just quoted the Declaration of Independence. The FAA, which includes jobs as air traffic controllers, are keen to employ those with hearing and vision impairments. That's a good thing. Mm -hmm. The FAA, overseen by Pete Buttigieg. I say it because it sounds funny. That's all. It just sounds funny. Yeah. Uh, Department of Transportation is uh, responsible for regulating civil aviation that currently employs 47,000 employees. John Benison is in charge of implementing the DEI plan. Benison, whose official title is as Assistant Administrator, Office of Civil Rights, is responsible for assuring equal opportunity and diversity uh, precepts within the FBI. You know what? Screw that crap. How about you keep the airplanes in the air and don't kill anybody? How about that? How about that? I would assume that uh, maybe the airlines might have a problem with this. I'm just saying. The FAA states on its website how individuals with severe mental and physical disabilities represent an underrepresented segment of the federal workforce. So let's put them in the FAA. That makes a lot of sense. Diversity is integral in achieving FAA's mention of the stirring, safe, and efficient travel across our nation. Well, diversity, uh, if you are putting people with severe intellectual disabilities and psychiatric problems, uh, not exactly the best choice for the Federal Aviation Administration. Stupid, 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 people, 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 people. Just plain stupid. Stupid as stupid does, Mr. Blue. Who got stupid? 
Unbelievable, 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 unbelievable. Speaking of uh, of uh, stupid, John Kirby. Oh, by the way, uh, Lloyd uh, Lloyd Austin is released from the hospital. Thought you should know this. Yeah, the the defense secretary was having his bedpan emptied and working on a laptop for about a week without telling the president. Here's John Kirby uh, being asked if he was still in the hospital this weekend. You used to work very closely with the. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin, yes. um, and as we were just talking about, everyone is hoping he pulls through this battle with cancer, blah, 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 uh, healthy yeah, sure, okay. and strong. But why is he still in the hospital? If he's able to Listen work, to why does he still need to be at Walter Reed? Well, again, I'm not I'm not his physician, so I want to be careful. But my understanding is that his is who cares? He didn't tell the president. He didn't tell his undersecretary. What the hell's going on? What kind of operation are you running here? We're adults. We're living in very serious times. China has a big target on us. Remember that, remember that uh, balloon that they flew over the United States and hovered over our military installations? We ain't got time to mess around with this nonsense. Let's hope that tonight in Iowa is the beginning of a massive refutation of this federal government, the uh, retribution that we have all been waiting for a very long time for. Let's take a break and come back, my friends. This is The Rob Carson Show. All right, make sure to watch Newsmax tonight for coverage of the Iowa Hawkeye. I'll be online probably just playing around. You can follow me there as well. In the meantime, God bless America as found in Israel and you guys. And until tomorrow, do not catch the stupid and stay warm. See you.